0: up it's your host Tori and who is ready to be petty today is such a fun episode it is lol funny Kelly from the boobies and newbies podcast joins me and we're talking about some fun topics honestly all about kind of like romance relationships and sex so I hope you like it this is also a Content warning. I know that, like, I have an explicit tag on my podcast. And if you have been around for a while, I say the F word and stuff like that. But for some reason, I feel like I have to give a content warning that we talk a lot about sex. Just if you're listening, like, it's definitely NSFW today. There's also, like, an absolute character assassination of Pete Davidson in the latter half of this podcast. Which is just so funny, and I can't wait for you all to listen and to weigh in on my crazy antics. I also just want to say that I didn't say in the podcast, we talk about Phoebe Divener, question mark, if that's how you pronounce her last name, in relation to Pete Davidson and obviously Bridgerton, but she's also in Younger, and the final season of Younger comes out April 15th, and I can't wait, and if you have not watched that TV show, you definitely should. Just a few things that are coming up. In RTBP world, before we get to the episode, definitely want to talk about all of the Chloe Kardashian picture drama. I tweeted about it a little bit, but I just feel like there is literally so much to unpack. So I definitely want to get into that. Also, going to be talking about Demi Lovato and her documentary, and of course Queen Britney. We did an episode in early March about Framing Britney Spears, and I have yet to edit it. but I think that this week is the week. I'm saying it out loud to hold myself accountable. That was a really great conversation with Derek and Nicole, so stay tuned for that. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Kelly. I'm back with a very special guest. Kelly from the Boobies and Newbies
1: podcast is here. Kelly, how are you? Oh my gosh, I am doing okay, and I I mean that. like I feel like a lot of the times now we say like, oh yeah, fine. Okay, good. But we just say it, but like, I'm actually, I'm actually feeling pretty okay today. Like emotionally, mentally, physically, um, yeah so not too shabby how about you
0: good could you imagine if I was just like it's not that's not
1: the case for me it's the opposite like- I know the perfect response would have just been oh I'm fine
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god no I am doing well it's Easter Sunday when we're recording yay um so happy Easter everybody and yeah no I'm doing well it's sunny I did like a little egg hunt with my friends and their kid
1: cute (laughs)
0: and now we're recording so
1: well and let me tell you this is a far cry from last year's Easter because last year's Easter fell on my birthday and it was also very early in the pandemic and my roommate and I at the time were just the two of us at home and the dog of course and we were like well what do we do? Like we can't do anything to really celebrate. And so I ordered a bunch of plastic Easter eggs off Amazon and we decided to do like (laughs) a a, a grown adult Easter egg (laughs) hunt in our courtyard. And then it was raining too. So I mean, it was, it was a birthday to remember, let me tell you. I was literally trying
0: to think about what I did last Easter, and I, like, literally can't even remember. (laughs) We were all trying. I was like, did we do this last year? And, like, no. We were at, like, the beginning of the pandemic. Like, what did we do? And I was like, I have no idea. I've blacked that out from my
1: memory. I mean, March through, like, September of 2020 is just, like, a blank space.
0: (laughs) Totally. Yeah, even even further, honestly. <laughs> like, yep. It's really hard to recall things. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do? Um, Tell us about your podcast, how we met. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> our I meet know.
1: cute. <laughs> our meet cute. Okay, well, I want to say I was first introduced to you and your podcast through, I think it was our girls at Honestly Pod. Yes. who We were doing – There are 12 days of Podmas in December and super sweet. I love how uplifting the podcast community is of one another. And they highlighted both of our podcasts and yours sounded so up my alley because I am a slut for like reality television and gossip and drama. And uh, so that's, so I reached out to you and you were sweet enough to come on my podcast, Boobies and Newbies. And my podcast is all about introducing newbie romance readers to the genre that I'm obsessed with. And I love that, you know, so many people in the last year have fallen in love with romance due to Bridgerton. And before that, it was Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, You know, whatever your gateway drug is, (laughs) that's, (laughs) that's totally fine. But I do know that there's a lot... A lot of great books out there, a lot of great romance books out there. And so I invite guests onto the podcast to read and review what is hopefully their very first one. And it's usually pretty fun.
0: Yeah. Okay. I have so much to tell you since we recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Because you did literally exactly that. I had never read a romance novel before i tried 50 shades i think we talked about this on the pod i tried Mm -hmm. 50 shades it just wasn't like up my alley but then we read and reviewed something new and it was so light and fun that i have Mm -hmm. continued to read
1: (gasps) romance novels oh my gosh that makes me so happy honestly that's i end every podcast by asking my guests so do you think you'll read another one? And I'd say like a good eight people out of 10 people will say <laughs> like yes. eight I, people total. <laughs> I, had, I, had to, I realized I said eight. I was like, oh man, I have to qualify that because otherwise it's eight out of how many, but um, yeah, no, I'd say a good majority of my guests do say that they'll read romance, but I don't, I'm not their mom. I'm not checking up on them and making sure. So that makes me feel so good. I know you did like what you (laughs) were planning or hoping to do.
0: It's just mission accomplished. (laughs) Honestly, it's just so, and I think like you touched on this before too, of like, it's just so easy to read them. And like, we talked about what qualifies for a romance novel, the happily ever after. Mm -hmm. I don't need like normal people like that book <laughs> I don't need to read that I don't need to like I just can't digest that right now I can't I get, That's into, okay. get into that like deep reading so it's been so nice to just read something that like takes me two hours and is light and fluffy and mm. and like a lot of times and this was the same when we talked about something new I was like
1: laughing out loud because it's funny <laughs> And it's one of those things where i'm sure you could say this about any genre is there really is something for everyone like i mean if you if you want to read about people that look just like you and are your your age and your career and it's very realistically based you can do that if you want to read about people falling in love with aliens in a future where a pandemic has hit and you have to have sex with aliens to get oh antibodies. Real true story. Like you can read that too. I mean, there really there is something for everyone.
0: Yeah, there truly is. And you're right. That's another thing is I feel like sometimes, again, these novels come out so like recently that it's like, I'm a social media manager and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, oh cool. Like this is like topical. <laughs>
1: There's been a sudden <gasps> influx of uh of books where the lead hero or heroine is a podcaster. And <laughs> yes. on the one hand, I'm just so excited. Yes. And then on the other hand, they're always podcasters who have like 70 million <laughs> followers. <Yes. laughs> And I just, I just am like, oh, this is so aspirational. Yeah, I
0: I read one, too, that was like a podcaster slash influencer. And she was like recording her yoga videos for her YouTube channel and stuff like that. And I was like, I can't do this. Isn't that nice? <laughs> yes. I know. I know. She's like, oh, I was just like, um, you know, at like my mixer for my listeners and stuff. And I was like... <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) must be
1: nice (laughs) Mm, yes I love it I love it I'm gonna dream it's it's great I'm gonna dream about it at night but you know (laughs) we know so
0: is that what got you into the genre is just like that there's such a variety of storylines and there really is something for everybody you know it's funny because I I
1: interview a lot of both you know newbies to romance but also I talk to Authors and I talk to publishers and agents and stuff on a regular basis. And a lot of people in the literature community are longtime readers. They love reading. They've loved reading and writing since they were five years old, blah, blah, blah. For me, that was not the case. Like I've always been a writer, but I did not love reading when I was growing up. I was that kid you had to force to sit in a corner and say, okay, you don't get to watch TV until you've read for 30 minutes today. So, and I and I really do think it's just because I had never found something that I was so interested in reading. And because I grew up as a huge rom-com fan, like yeah. that was my movie genre of choice. I think that's kind of what drew me into romance because reading a lot of contemporary romance is like reading a rom-com and they're not they're not all funny they're not all laugh out loud hilarious but that was my introduction to romance and I think that's what drew me in and so once I devoured a ton of contemporary romance and rom-coms I thought well what else is out here oh okay I'll pick up a historical one okay I'll pick up a paranormal one I'll pick up a science fiction one and yeah. I mean, my appreciation for the genre has just grown over time because I've realized how much is out there and the broad diversity that is out there that is increasing more and more every day.
0: Yeah. I think that that was the easy bridge for me too. Cause my favorite movie genre is also rom-coms. And this is yeah. like, if you're picking ones in like this, this, similar category like that's like really what it is and mm. I had fallen out of reading too like I read so much in high school young adult mm. novels and then when I hit university it was like I'm not connecting with these high school right students obviously and then I just didn't find novels around, about like 20 somethings really outside of now romance I'm sure there yeah. there is great novels but Yeah, and I just, the ease of reading them is just so nice. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think is some of the bigger misconceptions about romance novels? Because there's obviously like a a taboo and
1: like stigma around being a romance reader. I think a lot of the stigmas fall into two categories. On the one hand, you have the people who... And and for the most part, I'm I'm saying this generally in that these are a lot of people who make these assumptions are people who have never read one. And um one, on the one hand, I think people assume this is straight up porn. This is I've heard the term mommy porn thrown around, which I'm just like, ew, do not Google that because that is going to bring up a whole (laughs) range of results. (laughs) Um, on the other hand, you get people who think, oh, well, this is just, this is pure fluff, trash, like no good stories. This is, you know, there's nothing going on, no character development. And both of those notions are just so so wrong and so outdated and you know is that it, that's not to say that there aren't romance novels out there that are aren't great i mean i'm sure there's plenty there's plenty of stinkers out there you know but i think that you can say that about any genre i i've read plenty of books in my life and loved a good majority of them and you know found ones that just don't click with me um and that's it's also a personal choice like not everybody is gonna love everything you write you read like i mean it's impossible we all have different stories different backgrounds and that dictates a lot of what our personal interests are and so for me If you're thinking that you know you're just coming into romance and it's just going to be sex, 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 most of the time you're wrong. And honestly, that's been the thing that has surprised my guests on the show the most is them coming into it thinking that it was just going to be a. Can I swear? Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Thinking it was going to be a straight up fuck fest. Yeah. (laughs) most of the time it's not. I in fact I very um I've made it a point to include in my message to potential guests that not all romance has sex scenes. Like there are very there's a very large group of romance considered to be closed door romances where you never read sex on the page. Now, I love reading sex on the page. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Um, But if that's your assumption coming into romance, that that's all it's going to be, you're probably either going to be really disappointed or (laughs) pleasantly surprised and enlightened by reading something about real people and these beautiful stories and personal narratives. And, you know, we're seeing a lot more representation for different races, different sexualities, different genders in romance. It's honestly the writers I've talked to are some of the most brilliant people I've ever met in my life. So it's a great reflection of them and all of the thought that they put into their stories.
0: Yeah. Like romance is categories as such a like guilty pleasure and oh it's just it's so tired and I I think like that's I've talked about this for now like almost three years on my podcast about <laughs> like just that like there really is no such thing because why would you feel yes. guilty about something that brings you joy and like that millions of other people like oh yeah yeah <laughs> I mean when
1: we talk about romance, you're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry. Like it, the amount of people who read romance is insane in the best way. In the best way possible. So yeah, no guilt, no guilt whatsoever, only pleasure. What would you
0: suggest for people that are like, okay, maybe I'll give this a go?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, um, check out my podcast, Boobies and Newbies. No, and honestly, I do think podcasts are a great way to find movies and books and uh, music recommendations because, you know, they're coming from the point of view of somebody who is interested in that. And they want to make those recommendations. Like if anybody ever wanted to reach out and just say, Hey, Kelly, I'd love a recommendation for my first romance novel. I'm really interested in X, Y, and Z then i would say oh okay great well then you might like this book by this person um it's hard to give like a blanket statement of like this should be the first romance novel you ever read because everybody again likes different things you know i i happen to um there's one series that i i just finished the second book in that i think is really fun because it feels like you're reading a modern day sitcom but it's set in the 1800s. Interesting. <laughs> You've piqued my interest. Yes, I I think it's brilliant and um I've talked to the author a couple times and she's even said she's like I had no idea that's what I was writing when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> but um but if historical's not your thing um and you're looking for an escape, I mean there's everything under the sun when it comes to paranormal. You've got vampires, you've got werewolves, you've got bear shifters. (laughs) I mean, I happen to really enjoy an alien romance every now and then, (laughs) like, because it's just so far removed from reality that I'm like, yeah, no rules. You do whatever you want. This is absolute. You tell me he's got two dicks. Okay, that's fine. Like, (laughs) Is he, his skin is red and he has horns like the devil. Okay. (laughs) Like why not? (laughs) So, I mean, there are so many places to start so many amazing books. So, um, I, I strongly recommend if anybody does want to give romance a go, hit me up. I'm happy to make any recommendations. There are also a shit ton of other fantastic romance podcasts out there so um I I love them I love to listen to them I get recommendations from them you can too
0: nice nice I've even seen on TikTok like a bunch of people are starting to yes like if you liked Bridgerton read this or watch this or whatever which is like so nice because sometimes yeah that I is love like it. where do I
1: go next after I've like enjoyed something a lot yeah. One of my favorite authors, Candy Steiner, she writes indie published contemporary romance. It's usually on the angstier side, but she does have some rom-coms. She recently posted a video on TikTok, and it went viral overnight. Like she had like 2 million views and then her book the next day skyrocketed to number one on Amazon in like the romance store. And she was like, I, <laughs> she was overcome with disbelief and like excitement. And we were too, because we were like, yes, look at this, spreading the word on TikTok and bringing in some new readers, fantastic. I love that. Do you ever find
0: like romance novels or rom-coms give you unrealistic relationship or sex expectations?
1: No, I mean, that's, I guess that would be another misconception I feel like a lot of people have is like, okay, if you read romance, then, you're only going to think okay the man i have to end up with is a navy seal <laughs> super alpha he has his own house he has two dogs he will cater to my every need that i'm sorry like i don't think i don't think most women want that that sounds exhausting like i will say as fictional as romance is because we have to remember it's still fiction There are so many real themes and relationship aspects that you find in romance. And especially the romance that's being written today, Mm -hmm. the characters are flawed. I mean, the characters are not perfect people. They do not have perfect relationships. And that's what attracts me the most to romance is... If anything, it gives me expectations that there is somebody out there for me. That like, okay, th- these people are so opposite of each other, and they they don't even really want the same things. But when they come together, they help make each other better and help improve whatever situation they're in. And I think I don't think there's anything unrealistic about that. Like I, I think that's an expectation that we all should have. <laughs> um, you know, if you are interested in being partnered, obviously there are plenty of people out there who are very happy being a single and that's totally fine too. But yeah, if anything, I think it, it makes you feel like more hopeful that there is such a thing as, Oh, I can't even say like perfect love or true level. Oh, that's
0: just <laughs> <Soulmates. no>. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? Some
1: people like that. It's not for me. But yeah, yeah. yeah, just that there is such a thing as love out there. And, you know, whether you want it or not, because especially during the last year, we need that. We need that hope.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a good thing. Like, I feel like I've learned a lot about like these people always these people. (laughs) (laughs) these people in these books like they I feel like generally they like wrong their mistakes or they communicate Mm -hmm. um like worries or concerns or frustrations or whatnot like I think that's something that everyone can like take away from the
1: books yeah I think there's lessons to be learned in any book you read any movie you watch any even when you're watching like trashy reality tv like we are like I mean if anything, my takeaway from watching shows is, well, that's one thing I'll never do. Like,
0: <laughs> so,
1: you know, I mean, I feel like there's always something to learn. I I find education in general really sexy. Like just the idea of like taking the time to intentionally teach yourself something or learn something from a class, a situation, a book, anything I think that's incredible. Like, I think that makes all of us better humans. So, you know, it's, it's up to you whether or not you want to think about it. That yes, far. Yes. Like, if you want to, if you want to just read a book and say, ha ha, that was fun. And they, they hooked up. Yay. Like yes. you can do that. You can do that too.
0: <laughs> I love that. Cause my friend and I always talk about, uh, like how everyone is always looking for the lesson, which yeah. is great in a lot of cases, but it's like, also we don't need to learn
1: a lesson from this. Like you can just enjoy like, it for what it is. <laughs> I can just watch, you know, um, Barb and Star go to Del Mar and, like, enjoy Jamie Dornan's body. Like, that. I don't have to think, wow, this is the most poignant piece of film I've ever seen. Totally. Totally.
0: And you sent me a BuzzFeed article and it was, like, (laughs) about (laughs) rom-com, like, the grand gesture or, like, the meet cute or whatever just being, like, unrealistic in New York because of like traffic and lines and stuff like yeah,
1: that. Speaking of unrealistic <laughs> expectations.
0: Yeah, I guess like we were always being set up in like rom-coms um, for certain things anyways.
1: Well, and here's the thing. Fine. I'll take it. You know, like I love a good meat cute. I think there's um, I've heard other authors refer to meat cutes as like not, but like the more awkward version, like a meat awkward or like a meat ugly. Oh, I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was. was like a meat ugly. (laughs) And, uh, I was like, oh, I like that too. Like I, that one to me is more appealing. I'm also a huge fan of like the enemies to lovers tropes Mm -hmm. in romance. So no wonder I want it to be ugly. (laughs) Yes
0: yes I read one it was like so funny um it was like a guy accidentally sent a dick pic to somebody that he wasn't supposed to and that was their meet cute love it (laughs) I might have read that one too actually (laughs) but it's just it's just it's so funny it was romance novels in the the 21st century
1: (laughs) It's so true. We just finished up um, our March reading theme was digital love. And let me tell you, first of all, there was not enough like sexting or photos or any. I was very disappointed with, but really that's my fault. I chose the book. But (laughs) at the same time, there were a couple instances where it's become very popular for people to send messages to the wrong person. yeah, And then they... Start an online flirtation or a texting chat. And I'm like, where why isn't that happening to me? Like, do I, <laughs> just, do I text need to just random start, numbers? I might just start texting like random numbers. Yes. Like that, that number neighbor thing. Yeah. Um, which by the way, somebody did write a romance about a few years ago, was that number neighbor thing. And uh I think it's even called number neighbor <laughs> original, <laughs> but Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that, that article really cracked me up though, especially when it comes to like how much people pay for like their apartments and stuff in rom-coms like, Oh,
0: you're setting us up for failure. I know. Like your beautiful, like three bedroom with a huge walk-in closet in New York.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they always live in Manhattan too. Like that's the other thing is like, Where's the borough love? You know?
0: It has to be that like hustle bustle, like I'm a high powered attorney and you're the CEO.
1: That's a lot of that's a lot of power right there. (laughs) That's that's a lot of power. That's a lot of money. I that's a loft apartment. Like that's That's a lot.
0: <laughs> that was, like, another thing that I found, and maybe it's just because I got on, like, one genre and then just, like, never moved off it, but it's, like, <laughs> the hero is always in, like, a
1: penthouse suite. How boring. <laughs> like, I mean, on the one hand, like, yes. I mean, we can all... I'm happy to fantasize about, like, the the penthouse overlooking Central Park. Yes, yes. The private elevator. Like, I get it. That's great. However... There are so many other things that are, like, just as enticing to me. Honestly. Yeah, like, in in these stories, like, and I mean, that's more, it sounds, these are more, like, I would say, older romance novels or older rom-coms. Like, I do think they're, it's changing, but in those stories, it's like, okay, penthouse, billionaire, private jet- Uh, you know, a driver. And then in reality, it's like, okay, if you have one of the following, you're getting a second date. Bed frame, (laughs) more than one towel, a job, food in the fridge. (laughs) Totally, totally, totally. (laughs) Yeah, you only need one. You only need one. And guess what? It's probably not gonna be a bed frame.
0: (laughs) It's so funny. So I want to touch on this before we move into, like, Bridgerton, because I feel like that's what mm-hmm. everyone's going to come here for, because it <laughs> has been quite an upset this week. <laughs> but um, you worked in reality TV. I did. I did.
1: Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I lived in L.A. for about five years. I went to school for screenwriting and moved to L.A. with the intention of being nora (laughs) efron nice um it's still a work in progress (laughs) um i've since left la which honestly i'm perfectly fine with it's a it's a very specific beast to deal with um and if you do it great good for you um but not not so much for me after a few years so i uh one of my first jobs i got was interning with the production company that produces real world um keeping up with the kardashians amongst others and um i ended up working there for about three and a half years and Worked predominantly on uh real world was actually my first, (laughs) my first, uh, job that I was working for as a video logger. Oh no. Oh boy. I, and I was a night logger too. So I would come in at 6 PM and work until 3 AM logging footage from the day. And I think it was the last season of real world they did on the air on MTV. Like I'm pretty sure it's come back since then, but in like some different, version like I'm not sure if it's a web-based series now or what
0: yeah I think that it came back for reunion season I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is exactly it was something that I was like I should get back into this because I did (laughs) really like real world back in the day and then I just never did but
1: so that was my first gig was real
0: world that's a good gig to start on did anything surprise you from working behind the scenes were you a fan of reality TV before that? You know, I've always been a fan of
1: competition yes, TV. Like yes. I, I'm a huge fan of like Top Chef and the Great British Baking Show and Project Runway. Um, Actually, the company I did work for was doing Project Runway as well. But they they were in like a whole different building. I don't know why Project Runway was like so isolated. <laughs> but um, yeah, I... I, in addition to that one job, I also worked in casting for about a year and a half for another company. So I kind of had the benefit of seeing projects in all stages. I went from watching, from helping with the casting of shows to also um, working with, you know, as shows are being produced, we're, you know, logging the footage and putting together episodes and then at the end of post, like putting, you know, episodes out, I will say there is a, vi- it's a long process. Like it's the amount of like edits that you see and how they change every episode. You have notes from internally between like the producers, and then you have notes from the head of the company, and then you have notes from the network you're working with. So, I mean, there are, there are some things that, turn out really easy I will say I found game shows to be the easiest thing to work on and also the most fun to work on. yes but uh the longer shows where you're spending a season with you know the same group of people and it's 15 plus episodes that's a process I mean it it really is the amount of work that goes into it God bless those editors like they have to do so much work
0: totally yeah I even think about shows like Big Brother where they have to do it Mm. on the fly because it's taping when it's airing and I just cannot even imagine I'm like no wonder we're all pissed on Twitter that the edit is (laughs) bad or that like we didn't like the way that they showed how something happened because we thought it was different it's like yeah they're literally doing this like off the cuff
1: (laughs) Well, and speaking as somebody who's worked in like the editing process, I was never an editor. I worked in story and I worked as like a post-production assistant and it's, there's a lot of people like as, as fans watch shows and they, they hear about like things behind the scenes and like, well, this was cut or like, why didn't we see this? I can't speak for everybody, but I know that for the shows I worked on, there are a lot of things that get cut are not things that necessarily the editors or the writers want to cut like a lot of the time it does come from the network it comes from them wanting to present a specific image or wanting to turn a story that could be five minutes into five episodes so there's there's not there's definitely manipulation like i i think a lot of people think reality tv is like we write everything for them to say. It's not to that extent. Like I've been on sets. There are producers that will prompt people in interviews with certain questions to try to lead you to a specific response. However, it's not scripted by any means. At least the shows that I've worked on weren't. um, But I have seen what happens when there is pushback. Um, I watched almost an entire team of editors quit production because they did not approve of the way that their higher ups were trying to curb the story in a different way that shied away from something a little more serious. And that's something, that's something I've actually seen with a few different networks and a few different shows that I've worked on is trying to hide stories like um abuse or the one that really ticked me off was working for a network that wanted to cut an interview because they talked about miscarriage like i that one really upset me because i thought that that was a beautiful story i mean it's an ugly story but it was a beautiful honest discussion about something that i don't think we talk enough about totally in the world today and I was so upset that they wanted to cut that because oh well we don't want to talk about miscarriage on tv like yikes so there are some great networks out there and shows out there that are doing the work and trying to talk about these things and some that are still producing the same show that they've been producing for 20 years so is that like a little shade to the bachelor (laughs) I definitely did not work on that one, but that would fall into the category of we're doing the same old shit. Like, I mean, I just find it so boring. Like why not evolve with the world
0: totally they seem so scared of losing their audience that they are in turn losing it for the reason (laughs) that they that everyone's asking for like they need to evolve and we could talk about this forever and like I know that you (laughs) don't watch it you don't watch it like regularly
1: right I don't I have been keeping up with some of the stuff that's been going on with Chris Harrison and I, I obviously I listen to your podcast so I'm familiar with is it racist Rachel is yes that what we call yes <laughs> we do <laughs> I will say you are a major source of my my bachelor thank news
0: <laughs> you. thank you I'm kind of out on the show right now and they're producing like a gazillion more seasons this year and it's just because of of what you're saying like it's like I've seen this literally a thousand times before even though I know that there's new material that they're just not bringing to light.
1: It's disappointing because you know what they probably If they decided to move forward with the times and, oh, I don't know, not hire a a racist host. Sure, they would lose followers. You know what? They would lose viewers, but I feel like they would also gain a lot of viewers and they would gain viewers for good reasons. So let's just start fresh stuff. Like Let's start fresh shows and create new movies that aren't based on books and- um, you know, write new books that aren't the same iteration of Pride and Prejudice again. I mean, I love Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Of course, But I just want to see new, thoughtful, diverse content from different creators too. That's the important thing is I think that's a major component is who's creating it.
0: And there has been like I I think about this with like YouTube and TikTok and stuff. There has been such a bottleneck of who's creating stuff and who has eyes on it. But now with these more like anyone can post on these platforms, we're starting Mm -hmm. to see people get credit and to just gain an audience from these like or less traditional forms of media, which is
1: really nice to see. Well, and I know we're going to talk about Bridgerton. So as we head into that and you're talking about TikTok, I have to mention, have you watched the incredible duo behind Bridgerton the musical on TikTok? No, but I am very intrigued. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm going to look up their names just so I can make sure that I plug them correctly because it's these two beautiful women who um, one of them, I think is an aspiring singer. Like I think she, she's more of the singer. And the other one is the composer piano player. And they just started posting videos on TikTok. And I think the first one was more of just kind of like, what if Bridgerton was a musical? Ha ha ha. And they've basically gone on to write songs for like the entire show and it is beautiful I mean I am a theater person and it is gorgeous like I am just waiting for them to get a deal with you (laughs) know like doing something and and I know that they've spoke out about like okay are we going to are we going to actually try to make this like a Broadway show or are we going to are we going to release an album that's kind of like Hamilton's mixtape where it's you know, just a concept. And um, I have no idea. It's Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear. And they're just, oh my God, the music is beautiful. So I definitely recommend checking them out.
0: I'm so excited. I know exactly what I'm going to do once we finish recording <laughs> is spend an afternoon on TikTok. You will <laughs> love it. <laughs> I'm so excited. So speaking of Bridgerton, like the world was up in arms this week <laughs> when, <laughs> when Lady Whistledown announced that Reggae jean Page would not be returning for season two of Bridgerton.
1: What were your thoughts? I mean, on the one hand, it's very, very sad because he is a gorgeous specimen. I mean, if you told me he was like, chiseled from marble, I would believe it. I, you know, and it makes perfect sense to me on two points. One, he's blown up as a star because of this show. And he, I mean, they're talking about making him the next James Bond. And I would love to see that by the way, I am so here for that. Um, the second thing is that I think a lot of people who don't read romance, they're the ones who are very upset about this because they're not familiar with the fact that in a lot of romance series, and I'm not sure if I explained this to you on the podcast or not, but you have to treat a romance series like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where you have all these different superheroes, all these different characters, and you see them in each other's stories. However, they all have their own individual movies or individual books. And that's what the Bridgerton series is like. Um, Julia Quinn, the author, that's, that's how her series is in book form is we got to see book one in the first season of Bridgerton. It was very much about the Duke and Daphne. At the end of it, they hinted towards who the next hero would be. It's her older brother, Anthony. Yum yum yum, and we haven't actually met his love interest on the show yet. She has been cast for season two, and she's gorgeous. But it's going to focus on them. So if you're a fan of the books and you've read romance before, it's it's very understandable. Like you you know. Oh, okay. Well, we did their story. Great. Now we're on to the next sibling, and then guess what? Season three, it's going to be about a different se- sibling. Season four, same thing. I think there's like eight books. <laughs> so <laughs> get ready. We've got plenty of shows to get through. Um. So I, I get it. I do. I wish that he was at least going to pop in and out. Yeah, I, I do. But it does make sense to me, so I'm okay with it.
0: Yes. Okay. So I think we've been on the same page because I knew that it was going to be Anthony, which means yes. that the Duke and Duchess were going to be secondary cast members. I think I just always hoped that even though the focal point wasn't on them, that they would be, yeah, like in the background and yeah. like still have like the C plot or something.
1: Yeah. And from what I understand, as far as I know, I think Phoebe, who plays Daphne, I think she's still going to be there. But you know what? This is something that I think they could easily explain away to, you know, yes. is just like, oh, he's at their <laughs> country <laughs> home or yeah. I, whatever. I don't know. So I, again, it would be great just to look at him. I know, I know, another season. I know, but I'm, I'm, I've made my peace with it, and I also find the actor who plays Anthony ridiculously sexy. Same. So I'm super excited for him.
0: Me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. Yeah, I think that I also have made peace with it that it's just going to yeah. be like a different show because you're right like in romance series they're they're standalone books usually right yes and we'll see um phoebe i don't know how to pronounce her last name dinever in like the bridgerton household i guess
1: yes yeah so this if anybody like wants to read the books to just sort of like catch up on what happens or like, honestly, know what happens before the show airs, which I know a lot of people are doing. Um, the second book in the series is called the Viscount who loves me. And that's Anthony's story. It's okay. I'm trying to remember the setup. It's been a while since I read this one, but I know that the heroine's name is Kate Sheffield and she's like a fan favorite amongst people who read this series because, he i think is set to marry her younger sister in the book but she's like the feisty older sister and of course they clash and butt heads but we know that that makes for a great romance Totally.
0: <laughs> totally. Okay that that makes me feel a little bit Better. I don't know if I'm gonna read the books before I watch the TV show.
1: That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I'll just you, wait till
0: next Christmas.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and if you do read them, you'll probably catch like you know little Easter eggs in the series that have been planted. Just oh, Easter. Hello, yeah. that was perfect. Um, that have been created specifically for fans, but at the same time, you know, if you come into it fresh, you also have nothing to compare it to. You don't have the books to say um, she wore a blue bonnet yeah. in the book <laughs> and in the show, it's yellow. So yeah, that's, uh, I-, I totally understand both sides of it, but whatever you decide to do.
0: Totally. Do you think people will like actually not
1: watch because Reggae jeans not in it? I don't think so. I'm sure a lot of people will threaten not to watch like, oh, how dare you take him away? He was never, I mean, if you read interviews with him, he was never promised to be on the show. It's not like they're taking this away from him. Like they've given him so much from the show. And I think he knew from the very beginning, it was a one season arc beginning, middle end of our story between him and Daphne Great, let's move on. So, if he's okay with it, I feel like we should be okay with it. Totally.
0: I think also that might be good for his career because you see how pigeon held like Robert Pattinson and Jamie Mm -hmm. Dorman is to these like certain roles. And maybe it's good that he's like one and
1: done. And you know what? He was hysterical on SNL. He was really good. Jamie Dornan I've also seen in sketches like he does he does this hysterical sketch with uh with James Corden on the Late Late Show and so I god I would love to see him in a comedy or like something a little more like maybe if he is James Bond he could be like the sexy but also like sarcastically funny James Bond like I would love that feel like the only way to
0: get me back into the James Bond series is if he is the lead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I would be okay with that. I would be more than okay with that. <laughs> totally. Like I'd be going back to the theater. <laughs> to- yep. On opening night. <laughs> yes. Totally.
0: <laughs> and there's been a little bit of like off-screen drama per se um phoebe has been spotted with pete davidson not only in brooklyn but also in the uk
1: (laughs) i'm covering my face for everyone that can't see me i just you know i mean on the one hand i i'm a huge snl fan and i will say there's always been a lot of talk about pete davidson on the show in terms of like he's not Here, like he doesn't show up, or he's you know always on drugs, or what. And I have seen a lot of change in him. Yeah, in the last season, like he's in a lot more sketches. He's he's taking on different roles. I mean, we've seen him making some movies, writing some movies. So on the one hand, I do appreciate the fact that it does seem like he is getting help. Like I know that he's you know he has suffered with like depression for years and so many people do so like kudos to him for getting a hand on that at the same time we also know Pete Davidson's dating history <laughs> it's not great it's not the best and it's I I was looking back at some of his previous relationships because obviously the ones that I think of are Kate Beckinsale and Ariana Grande who are like polar opposites but most of his relationships have like a two to three month expiration date. Like if you look at them, like all next to each other, it's like three months and then boom over. So I don't know. Like I I wish them the best. I, I think she's adorable. I don't really know anything about her in real life. Um, but sure. Why not? I
0: told my friends that this is what we were going to be talking about on the podcast. And it was like nine out of ten were like, gross. And then there was like (laughs) me and my other friend and we were like, no, we're kind of into it. There's, There's something about Pete Davidson that I like like and I Mm -hmm. and trust me I hate myself for saying that (laughs) like no one is more annoyed than myself there is I don't know what it is I I feel like lately I've been really into the like machine gun kelly travis barker Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: like, i'm having a fucking crisis you're learning <laughs> you're learning something new about yourself that you didn't know before and maybe not something that you appreciate about yourself either totally and you can you can
0: recommend um some romance novels for me <laughs>
1: that that look Look. sounds like yeah it sounds like you would have to read like a rock star romance I feel like that look because I I really haven't read that many rapper romances (laughs) and when I think about Pete Davidson like he does have that he does have that like slim shady look about him (laughs) like where I just I just can't get on board like I remember a few years ago everyone was like there's something sexy about this guy. <laughs> yes, like, there's something yes. hot. And I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. And most of the time, I don't think he's funny. Like, again, I do think he's doing better on SNL, but I've watched his stand-up, don't think it's funny. Um, I... I don't know. I. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's got a massive penis. Yes, like i that feel has like, been discussed at length. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at length <laughs> and with and girth. Um, but I. I really just don't. It's one of those things. Like when you hear about the women he's dated: Ariana Grande, Phoebe, dr- 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 <laughs> Kate Beckinsale. You're like, these women are bombshells. Yes. What is it about Pete Davidson that is drawing them in? Like, I just don't get it. Like, I he's not even like rich. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, like if you're looking for something that like attracts people, I'm like, okay, it it's got to be he's got to have like this big dick energy that just. I think
0: that's literally what it is. Like his body aside, I honestly think that he has this kind of like doesn't give a fuck attitude or just like this like ease of living that I just like this anxiety ridden girl is
1: interested in maybe that's what it see and I'm somebody where I'm so I don't I don't want to say like alpha but it's like I just that is one of the least attractive qualities to me in a man is like if I go on it like do you remember that commercial that would be on where it's like the couple sits down on their first date and he's like, You look amazing. And he takes off his like sweatshirt and he has this holy <laughs> yes, stretched out yes. t shirt. And she's like, And you look <laughs> amazingly comfortable. And that is like the story of my dating life is like somehow finding myself on dates with men who are like, yeah, I hate my job. It's terrible. My boss sucks. Let me text you about it all day long. But God forbid you suggest they do something about it or quit. And they're like, yeah, maybe. Okay, but you're so right. Like,
0: (laughs) you don't want to hang out with Pete or Machine Gun or or (laughs) Travis Barker because they are that guy, 100%. But just from like a far it's it is like the total like fantasy like that because you're right as soon as they start talking about oh yeah yeah these types of
1: things you're annoyed if this was like a marry fuck kill situation and you could totally fuck that guy like I mean I can see where it's like maybe 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 the dick is just so good with (laughs) Pete (laughs) Davidson that it lasts for like two to three months and then the women realize. Oh, so that's, that's it. Like it's, it's just, do I want to sacrifice my life for like really good penis yeah. or is there more, you know? Is I mean, there and, more? And, and look, if that's what you want, like get it. I mean, <laughs> that's totally fine. But, um, I don't know. Like I, I do know that after, um, I forget if it was Ariana or no, it must've been after that. I think it was like January or February of last year. He said like I'm going to take a break from like the whole dating thing because it had been so many relationships like back to back to back to back. And I don't know if I've really heard anything about him dating people since then. So I maybe you know more than I do, but um, if that's the case, I mean, maybe he just, he took his break and- yeah. He found something he liked in Phoebe.
0: I think that what you're talking about is maybe when he ended his relationship with Kaya Gerber. Who is that? I don't even know who that is. She <laughs> is a supermodel. She's like 18 or 19. He got a supermodel? He had a supermodel girlfriend. Yes. Her mom is one of the original supermodels. And I can't. She was in the Pepsi ad in like the 90s. And I can't remember her name. They look identical gonna kill me well he'll probably
1: date her next (laughs) so
0: but maybe he did take some time out because like that was another thing I was like okay hanging out in New York is like one thing but him going to the UK where like she's staying with her mom is like a
1: completely different story yeah when you're like famous ish and you have money that's like you know maybe not millions but like you've got the money I feel like hopping on a plane and going to visit somebody, that's like a weekend trip. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Even in the pandemic, it's just a weekend trip. Yeah. Although it is because it is during the pandemic, maybe that is more of a commitment to be like, you know what? It's not like I'm going to meet you outside for drinks. Like I'm talking about getting on an airplane (laughs) to come see you. Like I am risking my life to come see you.
0: Only time will tell where this relationship
1: (laughs) goes. Well, let's see. It's April now. So we know when June rolls around, that's when we should be on the lookout for if they're still together or not.
0: Totally. And I just love how this information came to light. It was like a 12-year-old girl saw them in this tiny town Mm. on the like outskirts of Manchester and was like oh my god I'm a big fan can I take a picture and then like immediately went and sold it to the tablets (laughs) was she a fan of Phoebe or Pete I don't know I think I hope
1: it was Phoebe
0: (laughs) I think what she said was like he just stood out so much that it was like they were so easily spotable just because he doesn't look like anybody else that lives in that
1: town (laughs) Tall, skinny dude with, like, a million tattoos. Yeah. What? Yeah.
0: It looks like he could die at any moment. Like, <laughs> love it. Anyways, moving on to, like, honestly, another, like, love saga that I've been following forever this time Mm. they're like 16 year olds, so I'll have to I'll have to make peace with that at another time but Olivia Rodrigo released a new song called Deja Vu her second off the album which is rumored to be called Sour Mm. she blocked out some of the letters but it was also on like the mirror in the car in the music video so it's a pretty good guest. It is basically a follow-up from Driver's License. Were you a driver's license fan? I mean, I
1: I heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, I I honestly like I I listened to it I think once before. Oh, ironically, I think it was the reggae Jean Page episode of SNL where they did a sketch about driver's yes. license. And I did, I think after that was when I was like, oh, okay. So this is like something people are listening to. Like, let me go listen again. And I was like, yeah, this is, it's, it's cool. It's different. It kind of reminds me of like how everybody lost their shit when like Billie Eilish like first came on the scene, just because it's like a little bit different. So I don't know. Like, I thought it was good, but whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I realized literally yesterday I was in an outdoor exercise class and Driver's License was like the cool down song. And I had to realize I had never listened to it front to back because I only ever listened to it on TikTok.
1: (laughs) Okay, is that how it got famous? It was like, because you have to forgive me. I'm not on the TikTok. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, I think that that is why it like
0: super super blew up and then the other reason being that it is like very clearly directed at her ex joshua bassett (laughs) who she is co-stars with in high school musical the musical
1: the series oh that's who these people are this is not on my radar like i'm i'm a almost 30 year old woman so (laughs) 16-year-old romance sagas are not, I'm not up to date. <laughs> that is totally fair. The fact that they have had a love saga mm-hmm. at the age of 16 really makes me worry for teenagers today. <laughs>
0: okay, you have no idea because the first song was like kind of about well getting your driver's license and finding true love. And then the person
1: moving on. Because one thing does lead to another. Just so you <laughs> yeah, Like you get your driver's license and you're like, shit, now I got love too. <laughs> it's literally like plot A, B, C. <laughs> <laughs> and then what
0: happens next is she releases this song that's like literally a follow up, Deja Vu. And it's describing her watching or like learning about her ex's new relationship which is sabrina carpenter which is where this all gets juicier
1: i feel like i know her name who is this somebody i should know no <laughs> like, even, like <laughs> maybe i'm making that up when in my it, head <laughs> when it
0: comes down to it no but like she was one of the leads in girl meets world Oh my gosh, I mean, we grew up with Boy Meets World. Yes, so that was really um, a big deal. And then she's been in some movies. She has some like pop songs.
1: Well, and the album is rumored to be called Sour. Okay, so clearly Olivia is processing some emotions. (laughs) Yes,
0: and people are like, oh, she's the next Taylor Swift because of the very clear... I I can't even call them hints but like the <laughs> lyrics cuz it's so obvious the lyrics are like so clearly describing this one relationship and people are having a field day going through the lyrics and the music video and finding those hints and then like projecting them onto <laughs>
1: to oh these people my God it's like it's like a college level like literature analysis course where people are just like you know what I don't know if this is what the author intended but I'm looking at this and she uses the word red and clearly red means anger so she by proxy is angry at these people you know what and like I'm not a huge T Swift fan in general I will say I she has some catchy tunes like she's definitely got some jams but I don't know why she's the artist that gets so much shit from people about like writing about her relationships and everything. Cause like, isn't that what all musicians do? Literally every single one. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Like, and I think honestly, part of the reason I don't love her is because I grew up reading all these things about Taylor Swift. Oh, she dates so many people. Oh, she does this and this. Oh, she broke up with somebody again and then wrote about it. I think that's just, it became like so ingrained in me that I was supposed to dislike Taylor Swift because of that, that I started to, and that's just something I recognize as an issue in myself. But if that's case for Olivia I guess she's gonna be a massive star that also has a lot of people that hate her
0: yeah well I think that Taylor paved the way for people like Olivia like I feel like Olivia won't have a hard time per se because there's been so much acknowledgement that that did happen with Taylor because even I had like maybe a two-year period where I was soured on Taylor Swift (laughs) just gotta just gotta try to spice it up a little but yeah
1: get it on in there
0: <laughs> but like you're totally right like she got hated for no reason and mm-hmm. like well I say no reason it's misogyny is the
1: reason but that's exactly what anytime it's like girl on girl well not anytime I mean but girls do bad things too but like I feel like a lot of girl on girl hate is mostly internalized misogyny. It's, it's us very much being told, this is how women are supposed to behave. And we're supposed to exist in this box of rules. And when somebody goes outside of the box and does something that doesn't fit in, that's wrong. That's, you know, you need to think that this is wrong because if you do it too, you will also be wrong. And so I think that's honestly the reason a lot of us are like, so, um, I just talked about this with an author and she said this beautiful thing. She's like, compare and despair will destroy you. Like anytime you're worrying about what other people think of you, you're comparing yourself to other podcasters, to other singers and their music that is going to bring you down because you're not them. They're not you. You have your own. Stories, your own voice, like you have to put that all aside and focus on you and your work, because that's the only way you're going to succeed. So, oh, Olivia. (laughs) So do we know, like, when does this like full album drop? I
0: don't know, but it's soon. Like she's released two singles off of it. And they've got they've
1: done so well. Like they have done so, so, so well. That's cool. Is there any, is there any thought that like, what, are, who is it? Josh and Sabrina. <laughs> he just these names it are killing me. It could be a TV
0: show. Josh, I mean, Sabrina, Josh and Sabrina, and, and Olivia. And Olivia.
1: <laughs> Actually, that'd be like a dope show. I like that title. Um, is there any idea that like, there was like something scandalous happening, like while they were still together or like has enough time passed?
0: I don't even think that they had like a big like salacious breakup. Like I literally think oh. they just kind of maybe drifted apart and then he like did start dating someone pretty soon after, but I don't think it was anything like super super scandalous. I'll have to like reread up on my Olivia Josh <laughs> <laughs> news saga. saga. But there's just been like some really funny slights. Like he was at the like teen choice awards or something like that and he's walking off stage and the music that they play is driver's license
1: oh my god that is so how much do you think her publicist pay. Had to pay the person in the sound booth to make that happen it was just so <laughs>
0: funny or he reacted to the snl a skit on tiktok and he was just like oh my god like i can't ever like get away from this
1: but yeah because snl is here to personally victimize <laughs> you Gosh.
0: pass it
1: oh my gosh that's so funny that's just going out of your way for attention like by going out and doing that like saying like <gasps> I can't believe like this song is following me I think that this was
0: like another piece of it though is because they're like this is such good publicity that he mm-hmm. must also be loving this
1: yeah that's true because he's probably what is they're they're on that high school musical is that still happening is that a show yeah that's- season two is coming out soon. Yikes. Okay. So yeah, I feel like this would be how many people are going to want to tune in to watch a show featuring exes like, Oh, God, that's juicy. They're exes in real life. And
0: they are partners in the TV show. Like they're a couple. (gasps) Yes, that is the best. (laughs) They are the Troy and Gabriella in the reboot.
1: Oh, I love that so much. I mean, it's, it's very, okay. I'm going to make a comparison. That's very different, but I promise (laughs) there's a reason. So I've been watching the Woody Allen versus Mia Farrow documentary. Okay. I I don't know where this is going. Okay. No, I was just going to say, like, there's, there's, (laughs) I know there's a lot to unpack in that documentary, but, um, there is, there's a section though, where, when Woody Allen and Mia Farrow were like already breaking up and like they were going through a heinous, you know, breakup. Like if anybody's watched the series or, you know, lived in the 80s, like you'll know, but they were still, they had basically made half of a movie together before the breakup. And then they had to go make the other half of the movie together. And people say it's one of the most interesting Woody Allen movies to watch because you can you can basically tell where the breakup happened like by watching so I'm always really interested in seeing couples who you know maybe became couples working on a set together but then broke up and like they still have to work together I am so fascinated by seeing how that plays out on screen
0: me too. Yeah, same with like the Vampire Diaries or
1: I'm trying Mm-mm. to – there there
0: must be other ones. Yeah, I'm trying to think of
1: any – offhand like I think of the OC but I feel like they were still together throughout the whole time I know because I was thinking about show, Twilight yeah. but I'm pretty sure they were together the entire time too I feel yeah. like they were never together I mean I feel like that was like such a publicity thing like I just I just have I just have such a hard time believing that one <laughs> it may again and it,
0: it's kind of like the Olivia Josh thing like yeah. When they started dating, but it's like, but you are also the leads of a TV show. And it's also
1: the Troy and Gabriella
0: yeah, characters. This is too good to be true.
1: Also, anybody who ever grew up in theater knows that like showmances are like such a thing. Like people have these stupid relationships with each other during shows. And then guess what? Three weeks after the show, you done. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's it. Like, and so, I mean, I would not be shocked if they got back together. If I don't know, she dates somebody else from the show like that, that happens all the time. I'm really curious though, why she called this song deja vu. Like I haven't, listened
0: yet so it's talking about like basically does the guy get deja vu because they're doing all the same things that we did together like go on drives oh. eat strawberry ice cream listen to billy Joel. it's like well we did that first does she think that's special are you getting deja vu because you've done this before Ooh. with me yeah. That's a little passive-aggressive. It, it was so <laughs> passive-aggressive. Like, the first one was, like, also really direct. And this one was, like, <laughs> it's honestly like a dunk on Sabrina. Honestly,
1: <laughs> it is. You can't come back from this, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I that's definitely not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, like, a lot more focused on her of, like, oh, the same old thing happened to me again, even though I'm only 16. But... <laughs> No, it's like, bitch, he takes you for ice cream. Guess what? You're not special. Okay, we all go for ice cream, though. (laughs) Settle down. (laughs) I know. Like, sometimes I'm like, well, isn't that just life? Because you can't just avoid
0: every single activity you did with your ex.
1: Yeah, any activity, any date you went on, any movie you watched with your ex-partner, now you're not allowed to do that with somebody else it's
0: an interesting career path and I'm just really excited to see kind of like how it turns out like do, is does she parlay herself into a Taylor Swift style career or does she like pivot because
1: we already have Taylor Swift yeah I don't know that's gonna be it's gonna be I mean she's in the limelight anyway as an actor so it's like I don't know I mean you know we're around the same age and there was a there was a good time. Well, I don't know, it's a good time, but there was a time in like the mid 2000s where every teen actress was also releasing her debut album. I mean, Hilary Duff did it, Lindsay Lohan did it, like everybody did it. I know. And I still listen to those. Oh yeah, classic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolute cla- let the rain fall <laughs> yeah. down. I mean, that's Forever in my heart. Totally. Lindsay Logan, not so much. but H. Duff, absolutely. Totally,
0: totally. Yeah, you were either a Hillary Duff girl or a Lindsay, a Lindsay girl for sure.
1: I don't even think today Lindsay's a Lindsay girl. Oh, no. <laughs> oh,
0: no. Yeah, well, people, I guess, will be listening to these songs when they're nearing their 30s.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Is this gonna be is she is Olivia Rodrigo gonna be the new Hillary Duff? Like, I mean, that's it that's is kind so of Hillary, funny.
0: Aaron, Carter, Lindsay oh. Lohan situation.
1: Aaron Carter. Let me tell you, Aaron Carter was doing a tour of small theaters and universities when I was a senior in college. And he came to my college to perform. And it happened to be on my birthday. And (laughs) I was, I was out of town celebrating my birthday, but I had a couple girlfriends that went to the concert. And (laughs) they were just like, damn, this guy, he he looks strung out. Like he has, he has he's come a long way, but not in the right way. (laughs) So Maybe maybe that'll be the career um, Joshua. Some of Joshua. <laughs> like, oh god, that's so dark. I know. I'm sorry I didn't mean to take it <laughs> deja vu. I didn't mean to take it there, but I mean I always root for people. Like I I don't know anything about Olivia or Joshua or Simone, Sabrina. Sabrina. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> All I know is I want to watch the sitcom Olivia and Joshua and Sabrina. <laughs> I know. It seems like it's like a CW
0: TV show or something like that. And you know what? It could be in a couple
1: years. Give them a few years.
0: Okay, one thing I want to say before we wrap up, but like saying that Olivia is like Hillary Duffer, Lindsay Lohan is such a disservice to <laughs> <laughs> Olivia's musical and talent and writing ability
1: like I also want to apologize (laughs) that's where my mind went because these I I don't know Olivia I've I haven't even listened to Deja Vu yet I've heard driver's license like three times so I am not the authority on these people like this I am not the one who should be talking about these people (laughs) it is
0: like good music like I will put that out there it's And like Hilary Duff's debut album was also good music, but like (laughs) for different reasons. Like, we've come a long way. Yes, yes, we have. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This
1: was really fun. Oh my gosh, it was a pleasure. I am always game to talk about romance, trashy TV, music, and love sagas for teenagers (laughs) like I am here for all of this this was
0: so fun good I'm glad if the listeners want to dive into romance and listen to the pod where can they find you
1: yeah well I am boobiesandnewbies.com I've on my website I've got links to all of our um you know previous episodes you can always listen on the website itself if you want to listen to the podcast Pretty much any podcast playing platform will do you good. And um, I'm at Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So come on over. All April long, I'm doing a massive giveaway on Instagram. So if you want to maybe take home a free romance novel, check it out because it's happening literally all April long.
0: Nice. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on the pod. And thank you so much for listening. The supermodel's name that I could not remember was obviously Cindy Crawford, but that name was just really escaping me at the time. If there's something that you want me to talk about on the next podcast, send me a DM. I'm always interested in picking topics that the listeners... Are interested in. I also released a new promo. It's kind of cringe, but isn't all forms of promo kind of cringe? But do me a favesies and send it to a friend who you think would like to listen to RTBP. And of course, if you're not following me already, follow along on my socials at RTBP Podcast. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I've been live tweeting some movies lately and I do want to get back into like the Instagram story game. I've been a little bit camera shy. (laughs) I hope that you are safe and well out there truly. As always, I'm your host Tori and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.